See, I, hopefully you can hear me, take my mask off. You don't understand how excited I am because I have been preaching in front of a camera for the last six months. Since March 14th, I've been preaching in front of a camera and Jason and my son. And so to see other faces and other eyeballs, I don't care if I mess up. Y'all, it's just better than what I've been doing. Uh, but uh, I'm Dion Bolding, the second, and I'm the lead pastor of Bowie City Church. And just glad to be here, to be invited here. And God is working. We don't know how he's working, but we know he is working. So we'll see how he's working in the future for both churches as we make our way through this pandemic. And so we just thank you that you open your church home to us and your, uh, your hearts to us. Uh, and the familiar faces I see, hi guys. Uh, it's the first time for you guys since March that you're like in person. And then uh, everyone else, thank you for allowing us to be here. I'm here with my wife, Melvina, uh, and she's the best looking thing that I have ever seen. I'm biased. Um, I'm, I'm biased for sure, but been married for 17 years and I have my two children, Jonathan and Marshall, who are here as well, and so many others. So I can go through all that, but we're in the middle of a series uh, entitled uh, Faith Over Fear. And we're going through the book of Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah, the book of Exodus. And in that, we're just going to go right into what we've been preaching the third week. So hopefully you guys know the story of Moses. If not, we'll give you a recap if you don't know it. But we're looking at this story through the lens of faith and fear and the struggle that Moses finds himself in throughout this story, throughout his life, as God has called him to do something great. But sometimes he responds in fear and sometimes he responds in faith. And how can we learn from this story? How can we learn from Moses? So before I get started, I do want to pray, uh, and so I'm going to pray, but as I pray, I'm going to have a moment where I'm going to stop, and I'm going to ask you to pray for yourself. This is going to be a selfish prayer, but your prayer is going to be, God, would you open my ears, open my heart, open my mind to what you have to say through the sermon, through the story of Moses. This is for God. We always need to prepare our hearts and minds to receive the word. I don't care if it's congregationally or by yourself. Do not crack the Bible open and just wing it. Hey, God, show me. I expect to hear from you. I expect to, to learn more. I expect to be convicted. I expect to have that, ooh, that's me. Well, I just expect to say, God, you're good. So prepare your hearts and minds. So I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to be silent, and it's not like because I forgot my words. It's, it's on purpose for everybody to do a little self-reflection and uh, to receive whatever God, the Holy Spirit, is going to lead to you this morning. So let's pray. God, we thank you for the great God you are, how much you love us, Lord. God, you're worthy to be praised. And God, I thank you that we're able to come and worship together. I am just tickled. I am just excited just to be in front of people, to share the word, to be in fellowship, Lord. I thank you for First Christian Church and David and Godfrey and all other leaders that I've got to meet. They're opening their, their, their church home to us, God, to deliver the word. Lord, we don't do that lightly. We, are, uh, we come to your word. We come to gathering reverently. And, Lord, at the same time, we confess that you are Lord. We confess that Jesus died on the cross, and he rose from the dead three days later. And we believe in our hearts that he's the son of the living God. And, God, we also confess our own faults, our own failures, our own times where we fall short of your glory, of your standard, and loving you and loving people the way we're supposed to love people, and also even loving ourselves. But we confess those in our hearts and our minds to you. And, Lord, lead us to a place of repentance. And God, prepare our hearts to hear from you this morning. As we worship this morning, maybe the spirit had moved, Lord, let us be sensitive to what you're saying and doing in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own families, in our own churches, in our own communities. 
God, reveal, speak. Let us prepare our hearts and minds to receive. Take this time for a silent prayer for yourself. Lord, we pray these prayers in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Yes, this is awesome. This is good. That's good. All right. So I'm excited. I'm excited. And when I like to preach, it's okay for you to, uh, to agree with me and tell me you agree with me. If you don't agree with me, just wait until afterwards, and then you talk about that then. Uh, but if you do agree, you can say, that's good. I like that. Amen. Keep going. If you don't like it, just bite your tongue and see what your mama said. You ain't got nothing nice to say, just keep it to yourself. We can talk afterwards. Uh, so, you know, enjoy, have, have God speak to you this morning as we are in the middle of our series entitled Faith Over Fear. And so the first thing, uh, my son's going to be doing the slides, and he's actually, this is his third time actually hearing this message, so he's on it. He's going to be sharp. Uh, but um, it's the book of Exodus, Life of Moses. And the question that we've been asking through this whole series is this question, what will you allow to rule you, faith or fear? What will you allow to rule you? And that usually happens in different parts of our lives. A lot of us don't walk in fear 24-7. It's usually just in certain areas where we find ourselves being fearful. A lot of us say we walk in faith, but in this area, I'm a little fearful. In my finances, I'm a little fearful. In my health, I'm a fearful. For my, my children and my grandchildren, I'm fearful because I can see. And God says, I want faith all the time. So in that, that's where we look through this lens of the story of Moses. So in this third, this third sermon, Jason's going to pick up next week. Uh, we're going to write through the story of Moses, not just the Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. You know, the whole Sunday school thing we're going through, like the wilderness and the whole thing. We're going to the whole book. We don't know how long we'll be in it, but Jason will pick up where I leave off to, uh, today. But the title of this sermon is, Trouble Will Come in Proclaiming the Word of God. It's going to happen. Like, count on it. If you are about Jesus, okay, sorry. So, I don't always speak proper English. My mom's not here, and she's a retired principal. So anytime I say something that's not proper, I, like, I hear my mom like, excuse me? So, let me back up. Uh, if you are preaching the gospel, and you are giving the word, and you're living how God's called you to live, and you're loving the way God's called you to live, you can count on more trouble than not. And that's where we find Moses. But in that, in proclaiming, this is what God told us. This is what Jesus told us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus says, and then Jesus came to them, being the disciples, and it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples and baptize them of all nations, under the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is telling the disciples, and if you consider yourself a disciple, this does not just apply to those 12 or those 11 listening or whoever was listening there. If you say, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. This applies to you. It's called the Great Commission. And he says, go, make, teach. That's everybody. Go, make, teach. Go to the nations. Go to where I'm sending you. Baptize them. Read the gospel. Preach the gospel to them. Make sure they get baptized, a, a public profession of their faith, and then teach them. You can't teach them unless you have learned. So you need to be taught so you can go teach. And a lot of us are like, yeah, God, I'll go. 
I'll go wherever you send me. Some of you are like, no, I'm out. I don't, maybe he sent me to somewhere I don't want to go. But most of us say, God, where do you want to go? I'll go there. Baptize him. Uh, I'll, I'll share Jesus. But how many of us are actually making disciples? Like truly, like you're looking for a young man, you're looking for a young woman, or you're in fellowship with one another saying, I have learned what Jesus has said. I have learned the scriptures. I know a little bit more than you, so I can, bat- I can disciple you. How many of us are actively pursuing that? That's what Jesus says to do. But if we do that, we know trouble's going to come if you proclaim the gospel. So if we look at the story of Moses, hear this, the first point is you will be rejected. The world will reject you. And so it says that you open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 5. I don't know what page number it is in your Bible, but it's the second book of the Bible. Exodus chapter 5. So we've already gone through uh, Moses being born and what Pharaoh had, had mandated to kill all the children. And he already been put in the Nile. He's, he's already done the wilderness. And he's already had the burning bush experience. That's all that happened. Now he's been told to go. So Exodus 5 says this. We're going to start in verse 1 through verse 3. It says, After Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, said. Let my people go so they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. Verse 2, Pharaoh says, Who is the Lord that I should obey him and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, this is Moses and Aaron, they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take three days' journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifice to our God, or he may strike us with plagues with the sword. That's what it says. Now, we're going to do something a little different. We do at least twice we at Bowie City Church, at least once, sometimes twice a year, we take it old school. So we do flannel. You guys remember flannel graph? No? If you haven't, I, I, I brought our flannel graph. This is what I remember graph at BBS. Do you guys remember that? Am I by myself? With BBS, it used to fight over who could put up the pieces. So I was sat next to the board, and I sat in the crisscross, I was about to say, crisscross applesauce, and I sat there, and then I was like, pick me so I can put up Jesus. Like, and I wanted to be the one, and that's, so we're doing that. Flannel graph technology at, at its finest right here. We spared no expense right here. All right, so we've already done. We're, this is the scene that we're at. This is what I just read. But we have done the baby, you know, so this is, Mo- you know, we did this already where they put baby Moses in a basket and they floated him to Pharaoh's daughter because God told his mom, Moses' mom, put him in a basket and Pharaoh's daughter couldn't have a daughter. So they're like, ooh, maybe Pharaoh's daughter will take Moses if we float him over to her. And so he, they floated him over to her and she took Moses as her own, but then gave it back to Moses' family so he can be raised as a Hebrew. And then when time was right, he went back into Pharaoh's house. We already did that, this whole scene. So it's, it's floating here, but we did that. And then Moses, you know, he, what he did, he grew up, knew Pharaoh, in Pharaoh's house, he gained all this wisdom, all this knowledge, was basically raised like the prince of Egypt. And then he had this internal struggle because he knew he was Hebrew and he saw what was happening. And so around the age of 38, 40 years old, Moses commits murder. He sees that one of the Hebrew slaves were being beat up by an Egyptian overseer, and he intervenes, and in that, he ends up killing the Egyptian overseer, so Moses runs away. He's fearful. He works outside of God's plan. God didn't tell him to go kill anybody. God didn't, he, he's just kind of like, I'm going to set these people free, but that's not what God told him to do. So Moses runs. He runs into the wilderness. 
in, in running through the wilderness, he ends up running into this group of women, and one of those women had his wife there. You guys know her name, right? Everybody knows her name. No, nobody knows her name. Her name is Zipporah, if you didn't know that. The, uh, youth group, I was like, do you know her name? They're like, the zipper girl. I'm like, no, not zipper, Zipporah. Her name is Zipporah. So Moses meets Zipporah, and then he meets her dad. Her name, his name is Jethro, and he was a shepherd. Or he, was a, he had a bunch of sheep. He was a shepherd. So Moses marries Zipporah, has a bunch of kids, and becomes a shepherd. He goes from the prince of Egypt to a shepherd. And God had put him here and was preparing him, and Moses ran away in fear and became a shepherd. But God's like, I'll use that, Moses. I'll use that. Watch what I do. I humble you. I'll humble you. I'll show you. So Moses is a shepherd. So that was at age 40. 40 years, Moses, shepherd, 40 years. And then he has this experience with God. God's like, you're ready. So y'all know, y'all know this whole scene, you know, the bush, and then the fire comes. Y'all see, remember that? It's like, boom. Moses out with the sheep. Bunch of sheep hanging around, and then he sees a bush on fire. He's like, what? That bush is on fire, but it's not consuming. He goes, investigate. I will go, there's something weird. We're leaving. But Moses is like, what? He goes, looks at it, and God knows, you know, Moses, remove your sandals for where you stand is holy ground, right? And then Moses has, talks back to the bush. I'm like, nah, nah, I'm out. That's not, that's weird. That's weird. But Moses has this conversation with this bush, and the bush introduces itself to Moses. He says, I am the Lord. He said, who is that? He says, I am that I am. I'm beginning, middle, and end. I've always been. And Moses says, oh. And he listens to the bush. He listens to God, and God tells him, you're going to go back to Pharaoh. And Moses says, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm out here for a reason. Remember the whole, like, murder thing? And I'm not going back. God says, you know, you're going to be the one, Moses. I called you to do something supernatural through your natural, Moses. And so God gives Moses all these cool things to be able to show that he is the God of Israel. Like, this is why you should listen to me, because God's like, I'm about that life. I will look what I can do. Look what I said. Moses has this, shows up, and God gives it. So Moses is old now. Here's Here's old Moses. Moses is old now, and God gives Moses, oh, good, it's here. He gives him a staff. Bam. Gives him a staff. And he says, Moses, take the staff and throw it on the ground and it become a snake. And Mo- when it happens, it says it. Read it in it. It's in Exodus chapter 4. He puts it on the ground and it turns to a snake and Moses runs away. I'm like, now we're talking, Moses. You didn't run away from the burning bush, but they just stick, stick there to a snake. You're like, I'm out of here. And God says, come back, Moses. Grab it by the tail. He's like, by the tail? He grabs it by the tail, comes back to the staff. He's like, oh, that's dope. That's awesome. And he says, Moses, watch this. Stick your hand inside your cloak. Put his hand in the cloak, pull it back out, Moses. Leprosy. I would have done fainted. I'm like, oh, God, like, this is horrible. What are you doing? He says, put it back in your cloak. Puts it back in the cloak, pulls it back out. Flesh. He's like, oh. He says, Moses, when you get to Egypt, take some water from the Nile, pour it, pour it out, and when it hits the ground, turn to blood. Moses, watch what I do, Moses. Watch what I do with what you have in your hand, Moses. He asks, what do you have in your hand? A staff. Watch what I do with that staff. What do you got in your hand? That's all I got. That's fine. Take the other hand. Put it in your cloak. Watch what I do with that. When you get there, just take some water. Watch what I do. Be encouraged. God says, what you have in your hand is more than enough. Watch what I do with it. So Moses is still like, but God, I don't know. So he goes back and forth, God, back and forth. And God says, fine. He gets angry with Moses. He's like, fine. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send your brother. Since you say you can't talk, you can't speak, and we talked about this last week. Go back and watch the sermon. You have it. And he sends his brother, Aaron. Boom, there's Aaron. He's up there just right now. They're just floating. But that's his brother, Aaron. 
Aaron is actually three years older than Moses. How do I know that? Because I read it. It's in the Bible. I didn't make it up. It's right. It says 83. Moses 80, 83. He says, I'm sending your brother Aaron. He's actually on the way to meet you. Since you think you can't do this by yourself, you're more capable, but fine. So go back to Egypt. So they go back to Egypt, which is crazy. Aaron leaves Egypt, comes all the way to find Moses, then walks all the way back. I'm like, God, you couldn't just send Moses to me. I got to walk all the way out there, go get him and come back. I hate round trips when it's like that. But so he went out there, did what God told him to do. And so now they find themselves, chapter five. Y'all caught up? Good. All right. That was a replay. So they're going to Pharaoh. Bam. This is in the part in the book where it's like, boop. And you're like, oh, put the piece up. Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Egypt, most powerful in all, all the land. And Moses has to go to Pharaoh. So, you know, he has his, uh, his guards there to fan him when he, gets t- when he gets hot. He's doing the whole, like, it's hot in here, no AC. So he's there walking to the palace, and Moses shows up. There's Moses, and these two know each other. These two most likely know each other. This is probably the son of the last pharaoh, or it could have been the grandson, but most likely this guy knows Moses. So he's like, Moses, what's up? I haven't seen you in a long time. He's like, yeah, let's not talk about that. I'm here with a message, and Aaron's with him too. He gives this message to Moses. I mean, he gives this message to Pharaoh. God says, uh, the God says, go, uh, let my people go so we can hold a festival in the wilderness. And Pharaoh says, who said what to do with who? I don't know this Lord of Israel, and I will not let them go. Who are you to come demand something of me? And this is the tension now. It's like, God, you didn't say this was going to happen, like, you, like, the tension's happening. And this is where we find this. This is where we find Moses. He has these special instructions to go carry out that God has given him to advance the kingdom. And you and I are beneficiaries. We, we're, we're, we get to benefit from the brothers and sisters who've gone before us and preached the gospel to us and told us God's word to us and gave us discipline, gave us instruction. And now the kingdom has gone forward because of what they've done. It might have been a Sunday school teacher. It might have been your mom, maybe your grandparents, maybe a coach, somebody who's poured into you and said, this is how we are to be in the kingdom. And we're thankful for the people who have gone before us like Moses, but does not leave us off the hook. We need to fulfill the same mission that they've been put on. Go, tell, make. Moses is gone. He's going to tell. And he's going to try to make disciples. But he has opposition in his way. See, if you look at the Great Commission, what we talked about Matthew 28, you can basically put your name in front of that. Therefore, after the therefore, put your name. Therefore, Dion, go make disciples, baptizing them. Therefore, Susie, go make disciples. Therefore, Tim, put your name there. Moses, go tell. We stand on the shoulders of those who went before us, who went and told and worked out God's plan, even though they faced opposition. Moses and Aaron put away, put aside their fear. They were fearful. If you read back, they had all these reasons why they shouldn't do it. And God says, I'm with you. They put the fear aside and said, I will go before, your, in, before Pharaoh and say and trust in God. I will trust in the God of Abraham. I will trust in the God of, uh, of Isaac. I will trust in the God of Jacob. My question to you is, when God calls you, will you trust? When God says to go say, go speak, go do, will you trust? Will you move in faith? Okay, God. Or will you say, nah, too fearful, can't do it. We're called to go. We're called to go into this world. 
but this world and the enemy of this world, Satan, will reject much of what we say. Do not despair because they rejected Abraham. And look what happened with Abraham. They rejected Moses. And look what happened with Moses. They rejected Noah. And look what happened with Noah. They, they rejected David. They rejected Paul. They rejected Jesus himself. It says it in John chapter 1 that Jesus came to the world and the world did not recognize him. He came to which of his own, but his own did not receive him. But those that receive him, those that believe upon his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. The world did not receive him. The world, his own did not recognize him. But those that do, he's like, you're in. You're in my family. They rejected Jesus. Who are you to think you won't get rejected? They rejected Moses. Who are you? You don't have a staff that turns into a, a snake. We think, oh, why? Why they hating on me? Why they hate me? Because you nobody special. Moses wasn't special. It was God that made him special. We a lot of times like, oh, why? Why am I catching this flack? Why am I? Why am I going through this? That's because you're supposed to. We'll talk about that towards the end. But count on it. It's going to happen. So let's go through it. Let's, let's go back up. Let's go a little bit more into these verses. So Moses tells Pharaoh, verse 1, if you look at it, he says, God says, let my people go so we can have a festival. And then when Pharaoh kind of, you know, bucks his chest at him saying, who are you? Who's Mo- who? What? You just show up 40 years later? You, like, you ran away, and now you're just supposed to come back and just tell me what to do? I don't know this God. What kind of God is this? What kind of God allows his people to be enslaved for hundreds of years? You got some puny God, Moses. Think I'm going to listen to him? Do you not know, Moses, that Pharaoh is a God? Get out of here. And so they, I, in my head, so the way I read the Bible, I have a movie that plays in my head. And so in my head, Pharaoh stands up and the guards kind of like pull their swords and like Pharaoh's kind of like, you know, leaning in and they're like getting a little like, you know, about... What you want, we're just about to go down, just say it, and I'm off with his head. And Pharaoh's like, no, no, no. And Moses, check out in verse 3 what he does. He backtracks. He changes the message. He softens it a little bit. In verse 3, he says, the God of Hebrew has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness and offer sacrifices to God, or he may strike us with plagues and the sword. God didn't, he didn't, Moses, God's like, I don't. I don't think I, angels, y'all remember me saying that? And they're like, no, Moses tripping. Moses changed the message. He softened it. How many times have you softened your message to somebody? How many times were you like, ooh, you know, you need to preach the message that, like, hell is real. You're like, ooh, but hell is kind of, God, can I just say, like, can I just change it a little bit, make it a little softer? Like, God loves you. He accepts you the way you are. I'm like, ooh. He loves you. He ain't ain't about what you're about to do. We soften our message. We change it when we see opposition coming, and Moses does. Moses basically says, we just need three days. Go into three days, do the whole whole sacrifice thing. Like, I said festival. Like, I said a party because we were going to party. Like, because God's like, we need to have a party. But that sounds like, you know, slaves can't go, let them go to go party. So we're going to sacrifice. Okay, we're going to sacrifice three days. We'll be back. All right? We'll come right back. He softened his message. God said, let him go. Like, fully go. God told him that when, you, when they go, Moses, they will give you their possessions. Moses didn't say all that. He just said, you know, 
he changed it from this extreme of what God, God actually said to like a softer, more acceptable. And so many times we see the gospel change to be more acceptable. The gospel is the most offensive thing in, that ever be said to you. It's not about you. You will die and go to hell. It is real. As real as this. Facts. If you accept it or not, it's still factual. But we, a lot of times we are stupid and we kind of want to change it and we want to change the gospel. And Moses changes the message. He tweaks the message to try to be, for it to be accepted. And God's like, mm, I didn't say that, Moses. And if God is calling you to speak truth, don't change the message. You may change the message. You may say, oh, let me try it this way. I'm not changing the message. The message is what it is. Don't cower back. Don't go in like a roaring lion. Let my people go so we can have a festival in the wilderness. What? I mean, so we can three days in the, in the like, sacrifice, and we'll be back, though. Like, don't kill me. Like, don't, don't, don't do that. That's not what God calls you to. But that's where Moses finds himself. Moses finds himself not being bold. He starts responding in fear. He starts to get timid. He starts to get back on his heels. Moses forgot that God is the God of Pharaoh, too. And that Moses forgot Romans. He didn't have Romans 11 really on his mind and heart. But Romans 14, 11 says, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. Moses didn't have in his mind Philippians 2, 9 through 10. It says, Therefore God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Moses kind of forgot for a little bit. He saw the opposition, and he started responding in fear. Instead of saying, oh, you weren't there when he turned the snake, you know, the thing, the snake. You weren't there. You weren't there when he did the whole leprosy thing. You weren't there. You weren't there with the burning bush. Like, if you really knew Pharaoh, like, he didn't have empathy. He didn't say, oh, you just don't know Pharaoh. Moses changed it, responded in fear. How often do we find ourselves doing that, too? So what happens when you face opposition? You will. Facts is going to happen. You will face opposition. Somebody will stand against you. How shall you respond? What shall we say? What should we do when trouble comes our way? The thing you should do, the top number one thing, there's a list of them, but the number one thing is seek God first. That is the first thing. And now I'm not saying that you should not Get otherwise counsel. I'm not saying you shouldn't go see the doctor or see somebody who has some more knowledge or understanding or go. But first, seek God first. Not go to your family first. Not go to your friends first. Not go to social media to vent first. Go to God first. Seek him in prayer. Tell him about your troubles. Tell him about your worries. Matthew 6, 33, we, already pre- we, just pre- we just came out of a series, 10-week series, we went to the Sermon on the Mount. And it says this in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. This verse replies to worrying, and worrying is sin. And when we worry, there's usually some troubles coming our way, mentally or, or physically or financially, or relationally, and we start to go like, oh, God, I don't, I'm worried that Moses, that Pharaoh's going to kill me. Uh, and he says, uh, just go like, God, be with me. God, you know what's happening right now. 
be with me. In Jesus' name, amen. And let's walk. Let's go. Let's listen. Seek him first. Remember above all else, there, there's no task which God has called you to that he is not sufficient enough to accomplish to you and through you. Basically, what God calls you to, he will see you through all the time. And I'm not just saying that's a Christian slogan or the T-shirt. I, it's one of those things, like, I don't like cliches, but that's my favorite one. Like, that's the one I'm like, yes. If he called me to it, he will see me through it. Church, if he called you to it, he will see you through it. He's called this church to be here for a certain reason, and he will see you through to the end. He's called Bowie City Church to be a church that reaches families and so they become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so if he's called us to it, he will see us through that. Like, God, how are we going to do that? We have no school. Don't worry about that. I'm going to hook you up with this guy. You remember Jesse? Yeah, he knows this other guy who has a part of a church who doesn't, like, y'all can work together. Mm, God is good. God is good. So the next point, the people whom you minister to may at times reject you. This is crazy to me. The, God, the, the people God has called you to minister to will often reject you. You might see that in your own home. You may have some kids. God's called, you're like, God, I, ain't ta- you, I, ain't, I didn't ask for these kind of kids. Like, I wanted kids, but you gave me these kids. And God's like, I know. I'm called you to minister to them. But God, they rejected me. I know. They rejected me too. You know, the cornerstone that was rejected, yeah, they rejected me too. God called you to a certain workplace. And he says, I want you to love on these people. He's like, God, every time I go in there, they're just hating. They're just, he's like, I know. I know. Are you sure these are the right, you sure there's the right job? You sure there's the right people? Yeah. I know. Moses finds rejection. And he finds rejection with Pharaoh. And he finds rejection with his own people. So let, let's move the story along. So God tells that to Moses. Moses goes back to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, get up out of here. He throws Moses out, throws Aaron out. And, Mo- and Pharaoh is so upset that he would even, how dare he even come into my palace and tell me what to do. He's lucky I didn't kill him. So you know what we're going to do? Hey, listen up. I'm making a decree right now, okay? No more straw. For the, for, for the Hebrews. No more. Don't give them another piece of straw. And I want the same amount of bricks. He says, I want the same amount of bricks. So if you read it, read the rest of the chapter. I'm not going to go through all of it because I don't like to spoon feed. Read some of it yourself. It says that they said no more and they had to go and find their own saw that was suitable, their own straw that was suitable to make bricks. And they had to go through all of Egypt. Okay, so in our mind, we think Egypt like, all of Egypt is like the pyramids. Like, in our minds, we're like, oh, Egypt, pyramids. No, that's Cairo. Like, that's one little area of the whole country. It says that the, that the Hebrews, the Israelites, had to go through all of Egypt to find suitable straw. And, and Pharaoh says, and I want the same amount of bricks. If, I, if one brick short, y'all going to feel my wrath. That's what he, because he was so mad that some old man will come in with a message from some God and I'm supposed to listen to him? You guys ever get that response? You go in to tell somebody about what God says, this is what the word says, you'll be like, what? The next time he shows up, I'm going to make his life miserable. Oh, maybe it's just me. Maybe that's happened. That maybe it's me. Maybe you get blamed because you brought a message and because you brought the message, life got harder. And you're like, mm, 
watch what happens. The people that Moses sent to minister to, they start feeling the pressure. And it says this, if you go down to verse 20 to verse 21, this is when they left Pharaoh. So what happens is this, they is, are these guys. Bam. Like, who are these guys? All right, so Aaron and Moses, they get thrown out. So the leaders of all the tribes, so there's 12 tribes, they have the leaders of the tribes, they're like, got all this straw, all these bricks they got to make, and they got to find the straw, and they're kind of like, what's happening? Like, what, why, why are you getting all this pressure? We didn't do it. What happened? They're trying to figure it out, and because they were all preparing to be let go, you know, Moses and Aaron came to them and said, God said we're going to let them go. They're like, yes, finally, we're not going to be slaves, and they're like, let's pack your stuff. Don't forget that. Hey, make sure you tell so-and-so, like, we're about to leave. Like, so they're like, we're just going to go to work and wait for this to happen, and then all of a sudden, no straw, and they're like, what happened? What happened? And so they're like, we got to go talk to Pharaoh because we, this is just not possible because they're not meeting their brick quota and they're getting beaten and beaten and beaten because they're like, we can't find the straw and make the bricks and make the same amount of bricks at the same time. It's just not possible. So they go to Pharaoh and say, yo, Pharaoh, what's good? Like, what's gone? Like, tell us what happened. So Pharaoh informs them what happened. And it says this in verse 20. It says, when they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they said, verse 21, may the Lord look on you and judge you. You have made us obnoxious to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hands to kill us. So what happened? They leave. They, I don't have another scene, so y'all just have to use your imagination. So they leave. Moses and Aaron, they go meet them. Moses and Aaron are waiting on them. They're like, oh, so you met with Pharaoh. How did it go? You know, Good news? No. Horrible news. It's your fault, Moses. It's your fault. It's your fault that they want to basically put us to death. May God judge you for what you've done, Moses. Moses, you straight up lied to us. Let our people go. They're so upset with Moses. They're so upset. And what's crazy, when we have tribulations, trials will come our way, because we're doing what God tells us to do and trouble comes, a lot of times we don't have, we respond like, that is so messed. Like we get downtrodden. Like, God, this is so hard. Like the people you told me to love or don't, they don't love you. They rejecting you. They rejecting me. And like, this is so hard. And God, I can't go through this trial. I just, it just, and we get like, we're like walking around like this and we do the total opposite of what the Bible says. Y'all know what it says. Y'all Bible scholars in here. Y'all remember James chapter one? Y'all remember what it says? James chapter one, two through four? says, oh, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, and let perseverance finish its course so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be happy. <laughs> I'm supposed to be joyous when those things kind of happen. Like Moses and Aaron are supposed to be like, oh, he said no straw? Great. Watch what God does. We're going to work even harder. God's going to give us everything we need to make this happen. Watch, we're going to show Pharaoh. Like, that's how they're supposed to respond. Pure joy. Gladness. Work got harder. Yay. We're like, oh, how much do I got to pay? God, you want us to go where? I got to wear a mask to go to church? Like, God, what? And God's like, oh, you're supposed to be joyous that you can even go to church. What? I got to give 10%? I go, what? I got I to gotta give? Oh, you should be joyous. I didn't give you anything that you could give. 
This is what it says. Don't get mad at me. This is what this says. And he's trying to say anything to Moses. And like Moses and the Israelites, they're not. You, if you read the book, they grumble and complain all the time. They're not a joyous people. They're not the most fun people to be around. But that's what we're supposed to do. We are encouraged to be happy and joyous during difficult times. You're supposed to be that weird person when horrible things come and they say, what's wrong with you? Why are you still happy? You say, because I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down. Like, you don't, you don't know what I have, therefore you don't understand. Because God's about to do something. When hard things come, you go, oh, God's about to do something. Watch what happens. When things get destroyed, watch what happens. You can't get rid of, you can't do the new thing until you get rid of the old thing. And sometimes getting rid of the old thing is hard and trouble and and it's painful. And you have to work, 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 work. But then watch the beauty that happens out of that. But a lot of times we don't see that way. A lot of times I don't see that way. I don't see the pandemic as something of watch what God's about to do. I was like, oh, no. God, what are we going to do? God says, oh, watch what happens. What do you have in your hand? Oh, so so good when we respond in faith. But is Moses and when Moses is Moses happy when troubles come his way when it comes to the way of Israel? No, they're not happy. So it goes on. They complain to Moses and they're like, Moses, we don't want nothing to hear from you. Actually, we hope God judges you. You made us annoying. You made us a nuisance to Pharaoh. He never wants to see us again. He threw us out. Don't talk to us, Moses. Take God back. We're better with slavery the way it was. Which is like even crazy to think about. So Moses says this to God, verse 22. See if you've ever been this place. He says, why, Lord, have you brought trouble on these people? Is it why you sent me here? Verse 23, since, ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, you have brought trouble on, his, on this people. And you have not rescued your people at all. I was like, ooh, Moses, you better be careful. You, just, you forgot, Moses. You forgot what God just did out in the wilderness, right? He's throwing it back in God's face. You know, you're in an argument with your spouse or somebody, and they drop your name in the middle of it? Well, like, this never happens in my house because my wife is perfect, but this is just an example. If we're having an argument, and she says, well, Dion, you said, I'm like, oh, you're just throwing my name in it now. Like, oh, okay. All right. No. Jesus, mm, I have trouble. Seek you first. Okay, we got to have a conversation. She's never, never done that, but I'm just saying, you know, you know, when you drop someone's name in there, you know, when you get your kid's attention, you're like, their full name, you're like, oh, you're trying to make this, oh, you're making this personal. Check this out. Problems develop patience and character. When problems come, it's an opportunity to develop your patience and your character. And when that happens, it teaches us to trust God. Problems teaches us to trust God to do what is best for us. Problems teaches us to look for ways to honor God in our present situation. Problems teaches us to remember that God has not abandoned us. Problems teaches us to watch for God's plan. In the short Problems teach us to trust God, to look for God, to remember God, and to watch for God. So when a problem comes, you're just like, oh, I'm going to trust in God. Or when, when problems come, when troubles come, when trials and tribulations come, you say, I'm going to look for God. God, where are you? 
when it comes, you're just like, oh, I'm going to remember what God has done in the past. When problems and troubles come, you will say, I'm going to watch, watch, watch what God does. Y'all just watch. That's what our response is supposed to be. So Moses has this encounter with God, and it's just him and God now. All the people are gone. It's just Moses and God. And it's not going to be on your screen. We're going to end with this. Chapter 6. Watch how God responds. I'm going to read it straight from the Bible. This is the, the eight verses from 1 through 6. This is what it says. So they're having this conversation. Then the Lord says to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God says to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as a mighty God, but my name, the Lord, did not make myself known to them. I, have a, I also established my covenant with them to give them into the, to the land of Canaan where they reside as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groans of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians have enslaved. I have remembered my covenant. Then God goes in, verse 6. says, therefore say this to Israel, to Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being enslaved to them. I will redeem you with outstretched arms with mighty works of acts and judgment. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land. I swore to lift up the hands to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it, give it to you as possession. I am the Lord. He's like, don't you forget who I am. It's me that does the work through you. You showed up by yourself, it's a wrap. Watch what I do. I heard the groans of my people. I established the covenant. I keep my covenant. If you guys know the Abraham covenant, and God told Abraham to cut the bull in half, put a one side here and a one side here, and there's going to be blood in the middle, and God was going to walk through it. Moses and Abraham and God were going to walk through it. And what happened? Abraham fell asleep, and who still walked through it? God. God says, I keep my covenant. You came, you came, you fell asleep. Watch what I do. I keep my word. Come to me and try to throw it at me. Oh, God's like, ooh, Moses, ooh. Like, woo, ooh, Moses. You don't. Go tell the people, Moses. Go tell it. And Moses is like, oh, God, you're right. I got to remember. I got to trust. I got to watch. I got to look for you. So Moses goes and does what God says. Verse 9, Moses reports to Israel. What does it say? But they did not listen to him because... They were discouraged and had harsh labor. So they didn't listen to Moses. So Moses goes back to God and says, well, he goes back to God and the Lord says, Moses, go tell Pharaoh now. And Moses is downtrodden. And he says this in verse, verse, uh, verse 12. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites won't listen to me, why will Pharaoh listen to me? And he does this like tongue in cheek because I speak with flattering lips. Moses is hurt because of the opposition. Moses is defeated. Moses is like, God, the people you call me to, they don't want nothing to do with me. God, the, the person you told me to go tell the message to, he's threatening to kill me. God, nothing's working out right. I told you, God, I gave you all the reasons why this wouldn't work, and look what's happening. It's not working. And how many times in your life do you feel like it's not working? 
God, you called us to this piece of property. And like things are just don't seem, God, we kind of, what are we, I don't know if this is even worth it, God. God says, don't you remember who I am? You remember what I brought you through? You remember what I called you to do? Go. Make. Teach. In your personal life, go. Make. Teach. Because at the end of Matthew 28, he says, because I tell you, I'm with you always. To the very end of the age. So if God is with you, who can be against you? Go and live and do what he's called you to do. Just know you will face opposition. Be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the great God you are, how much you love us, Lord. And we thank you for your grace and your mercy and how you've loved us. You love us with your word. But God, so many times we fall short. So many times we respond in fear like Moses. Where we say, God, I just, so scary. God, we change your message. God, we think low of ourselves. We don't humble ourselves. We don't think we're worthy. We give all the reasons why we can't. I'm too old. I don't know how to speak very well. God, I, I, don't, I don't move too well. God, my finances are not quite right. God, my relationships with my spouse, my children are not quite right. God, the job I have. God, the pandemic. God, 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 all these reasons. And God says, do you forget who I am? God, during the times where we face opposition, speak to us, show us where we should be joyful in the areas of our life where we would respond in fear. Convict us, move us, convict us as churches, convict us as leaders, convict us as husbands and wives, convict us as parents, convict us as brothers and sisters, Lord, convict us as friends, as teammates, as employer, as an employee. God, convict us and show us where we're falling short of moving in faith and knowing that my God is with me. And show us where we are responding in fear and saying, God says there's no place for fear when love is there. When I am there, show us, move us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we're able to look at Moses' life and move and speak and say, God, I'm encouraged by it. I want to move and respond like Moses. Thank you. And if anybody here who has never received Jesus Christ as a Lord and personal Savior, that has never made that decision, you wrestle with it, you're like, I don't understand. If you need to talk to someone, there's a lot of leaders here, a lot of people who have given their life fully to Christ. who love to have a conversation with you, but know that Jesus died for you. That, so you can have eternity with God. It's a free gift. Nothing that you do deserves. You don't earn it. You did nothing for it. It is grace. If that is you, Make a decision to say, I won't want to live my life my way anymore. I've done it horrible. I need to live it the way God's called me to. Give your life fully to Christ. That's all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you.